Hello? Is this thing on? Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Ashley Green of the Northside Chronicle. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. It's a Sunday night, Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not watching the game, obviously. I'm recording my podcast. But for those of you out there that watch the big game, I hope it uh, I hope it worked out in your favor, whoever you may be. I'm not much of a sports fan, but I hope you all had a good time and you're not, you know, suffering any sort of a traumatic mental state as a result of your uh, sports ball game. Yeah, that sounded a little condescending. I don't mean to be like that. I'm I'm genuinely I genuinely support whatever you're into, but. Hey, I was in Michigan all weekend with Gray Walker. We played some shows. That was pretty cool. We had some like mediocre food and some beer that made me feel gross, but I had a good time. It was. It, it, I'm not going to complain too much. Shows were tight and that's really all that matters. That's why we were out there. Um, there's no water at my house right now. We had a, we had a pipe break thanks to the, uh, the cold weather. So that's been tight. Uh, I haven't been here for it, but now I'm here and, uh, yeah, no water. I don't know if, if anybody out there can relate with that. I'm, I'm, I feel your pain. We, we bought a bunch of, uh, some gallons of water and things like that. So we can do some, you know, civilized things like maybe boil it if we need to cook something or, you know, flush a toilet. If our human parts decide to work in a human way that would require a toilet over the next 24 hours or however long it takes for them to fix this issue. Yay. Also last week, me and my friend Walkman dropped a uh, tribute slash parody of Hot Ones under the alias Start the Heat. For those of you that don't know him, he is a peer of mine in the underground hip hop scene here in Pittsburgh. He just put out a new music video and song titled The Funky One. You can check it out on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all that stuff. Really, really, really cool guy. Um, the conversation was a lot of fun. If you're a fan of Hot Ones and uh, independent hip hop or just underground music in general, you should check that out. It's on my Facebook page. Start the heat with Walkman. And speaking of Walkman, we're actually playing a show together this Friday, February 8th. It's going to be Sykes and a New Violence. That's me and my band with Walkman. Also, our friends in BB Guns and Abstract Theory are going to be on the show as well. It's a late show at the Moose, 21 up, 10 p.m. start time, like eight bucks at the door, I think. Uh, come down, support, you know, support some local music. All the, all the money is going to the bands and uh, it's important, you know, so we could do things like get on the road, buy merch or just, you know, buy a drink for our friends, whatever, whatever artists decide to do with their money. It doesn't matter. Support the arts, you know, whatever they do with it after you give it to them, that, that's, that's on them. I also have some other stuff coming up 
show wise, we got the next MySpace night is going to be on February 15th. For those of you that aren't familiar with MySpace night, this is a bi-monthly dance party that I've been hosting for the past year and a half at Brillo Box. We do it on the third Friday of every other month. Uh, it's a really cool time. Uh, there's a lot of confusion. Well, not a lot, but I do. Whenever I talk to people that haven't been there before, it's kind of um, misrepresented as an emo night or a pop punk night. And it's not really either of those things. While we definitely play music from both of those genres, there's also a whole heck and lot of other stuff as well. It's pretty much a, you know, mid 2000s dance party, mid to late 2000s dance party. So you're going to hear anything from like, sure, emo stuff like My Chemical Romance to like something is uh, off the wall as like Katy Perry or uh, a soldier boy or anything that was like popular in that time frame. So if that sounds cool to you, come on out February 15th, Brillo box again, 21 plus 10 PM start time, five bucks at the door. It's a good time. I really enjoy doing it. And if that description sounds good to you, you might like it, but if not, it's okay. It's Pittsburgh. There's plenty of stuff for you to do. And uh, one more event I want to shout out would be the next Greywalker show. Our next Pittsburgh show is going to be on February 23rd. And that's actually going to be at my work. It's at the Get Hip Warehouse in our new venue space that we have. Uh, we're playing with our friends in Plague Wielder, Victims of Contagion, and The Breathing Process. So it's a stacked lineup of some pretty aggressive heavy metal if you're into some loud and fast stuff that is the event for you yes february 23rd that's going to be like a 7 p.m start time i think seven or eight bucks at the door i can't remember but it's all ages so hey if you're a if you're a young buck and you want to come headbang we got you covered and uh yeah let's get into some quick listener questions i had some fun ones that came in from the Facebooks. Uh, let's dig into it. All right. So my buddy Gene from Penn Brewery here. Worse at their jobs. Penn dot weather forecasters or NFL refs in caps. Discuss. Well, I think I already made this clear a little bit earlier that I'm not much of a sports fan. I don't know anything about how uh, referees uh referee NFL games. I would just assume in an organization as big as the NFL with as much money that's going into it, that there's a lot of shady backdoor stuff going on with money going into people's pockets. I don't know. Maybe I've watched too many crime TV shows or action movies or some shit, but I just feel like there's always been something kind of shady with the NFL. So I don't, I don't trust anything that's going on in terms of refs. I'm not even a fan. I don't even watch. I just imagine it's probably not by the books anyways. So, uh, I don't They're in the sense of them probably, you know, taking money to make bad calls. I think that that's their job. So them being, you know, bad at their job, I guess they're technically good at their job if their job is being shady referees. So they don't get it. Uh, PennDOT. Uh, yeah, I imagine, you know, PennDOT can maybe do a better job at maintaining the roads and doing things. But I find myself to be a bit of an empathetic person. And we have pretty uncontrollable weather here in Pennsylvania. And I imagine that, you know, takes quite a toll on these busy roads that they don't have enough time to fix or enough money. But I don't know. It's a shit show, but I'm sure, 
you we probably couldn't give that job to anybody else that we know and have them do a better job than the people that are doing it. I don't know. I couldn't do a better job, so I'm not going to talk shit on them. Weather forecasters, uh, I think their job is much like the NFL refs, but maybe without as much pay to just kind of be full of shit and uh, tell people what they want to hear. But also sometimes it seems like a lot of NFL reps, refs, tell people things that they don't want to hear, but I guess there's always two sides to every story. So somebody's winning in a game, uh, weather forecasters. I don't know what's I, I, I would say weather forecasters are probably the, the worst at their jobs when it comes to pen dot weather forecasters or NFL refs. I'll give it to weather forecasters, but again, got to be empathetic. I don't know what the fuck goes into the science. Any of that, they could probably do a better job than me. I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal above any of them, but I'm going with weather forecasters for my answer there. All right. Uh, let's see. Corey asks if this makes any sense, what songs are harder to write lyrically gray Walker or Sykes, and the new violence. Cool question. Never really thought about it. They're two completely different beasts. I think that Sykes and a new violence is a lot more time consuming, but it's generally easier to write sometimes for Sykes and a new violence because, uh, I can typically write about whatever I want with gray Walker. I can also write whatever I want, but there's like, a like an unspoken sort of, uh, I don't want to say barrier, but there's certain things in gray Walker that I did kind of decided that I don't want to write about. Like we don't really do anything in terms of like religion or politics. Whereas those are two things with Sykes. I will definitely dive into, um, you know, with gray Walker, I tend to keep it a little bit more sometimes personal, sometimes more of like on a fantasy sci-fi kind of thing and mix in personal elements. So it, requires sometimes a little bit more imagination because the psych stuff is really just me putting my thoughts into rhyme like my my life and gray walker isn't is as personal as much as it is like writing from a more fictional standpoint so i would say probably gray walker but at the same time you know the average psych song probably has three times the amount of lyrics as a the average gray walker song so uh, it could be harder sometimes to write for Sykes just because the verses are longer and there's generally more parts to the songs where uh, there's lyrics going on because it's hip hop and it's just, it's a very lyrical format. So yeah, in some ways, gray Walker in some ways Sykes, but probably mostly gray Walker in terms of uh, the creative process. John Knoll, uh listener, favorite over here. He's always, he's always asking some funny questions. So this is actually kind of a serious question. What are some of the songs that you've released that you've had trouble with writing slash composing? Is there some stuff that you wish you could finish, but it seems like you never will because you get writer's block or you're always changing how you want it to be? Uh, of course, of course that's, that's art in general. There's songs that I've been sitting on for years that I've just never been able to finish because I don't know. Sometimes with Sykes, I will start to write, you know, on a particular topic and I kind of get everything out that I have to say in like a verse. So it's not really a full song. Um, I guess I could find some ways to make, you know, stretch it out and turn one verse into a whole song. But with hip hop, that can be, I don't want to say like, 
difficult, but it's just, it doesn't really, uh, it's not like the way that I like to approach hip hop. So there's stuff like that where just, you know, I've gotten everything that I, off my chest and it wasn't enough for a full song. Um, there's also been times where just like musically I get stuck on things. That's a big part of why I think collaboration is really important in music, which will, uh, that's kind of a focus on the conversation today with my guests in sad girls aquatics club. We talk a lot about the power of collaboration between, you know, your bandmates and even outside influencers with uh, producers and friends and things like that, because uh, they put together a really cool album. And I think that, you know, a big part of that album was their ability to have the opportunity to be able to collaborate with, you know, so many different people and get a lot of ideas together and really make the best thing happen. So to answer your question, John, yes, uh, I've definitely had those issues. And that's typically one, you know, I will maybe reach out to a friend to do a collaboration on a song or it'll just kind of, you know, it'll just be one of those things that it's just a little, you can't release everything that you write or sometimes it's just, you. it takes me, you know, maybe like a year to finish a song sometimes longer. It really depends. You know, like there's a good chance that one of the songs that I mentioned earlier that, you know, I only have like a verse for something might happen in my life down the line that inspires like the second part of that story. So I always keep things laying around and try not to put a deadline on things. Uh, cause you know, you never know whenever, uh, inspiration will strike and you'll be able to, you know, revitalize something from a part of your, uh, of your past creative Ness. That's not even a word. Let's get on to uh, our last question here. This is from uh, Kelly Phillips, who is has just started up her own podcast. I believe it is called uh, Tapestry. Tapestry. Let me look that up real quick, Kelly. I'm sorry if uh, yeah, Tapestry Music Podcast. She has a Facebook page for it. Uh, check that out. I actually haven't had the chance to listen to any of your episodes yet, Kelly, but I do plan on it. I know that you've talked to some people that I know. I know that Louis Snyder was recently on your show from Riparian. I want to check that out. But um, she actually asked the question about podcasting. Um, serious question. What is the most reporting <laughs> reporting? What is the most rewarding part for you about running a podcast? And that's it's community. It gives me an opportunity to meet a lot of people outside of the bubble that I typically exist within, you know, because, you know, I do hip hop and I do metal. Uh, primarily, those are my two music projects and those paths don't really cross in terms of, uh, you know, we don't really play shows together or anything like that. But um, there's a lot of people that I've met through the podcast that I probably wouldn't have been able to meet or get to know if it wasn't for this platform. Uh, today's guests, again, Sad Girls Aquatics Club being a really awesome example of that because uh, I don't, there's probably a really good chance that, you know, sad girls aquatics club and gray Walker are never going to play a show together. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, they're two completely different things. And with my schedule and the way my life is, I typically only get to, you know, socialize with people that are in other bands and I see it shows or out at events. So the podcast is just a way to be able to sit down and talk with some of these creative people that I might not even get to ever play a show with, or even people that I do get to play a show with, but we get to sit down and have a little bit of a longer form conversation where we're not trying to talk over 
all the noise inside the venue or bands that are playing and things like that and really get to know people. Um, yeah, that and just, uh, feeling like I get to contribute something back into the scene that is, uh, you know, a little bit more than just my own music. You know, I like being able to tell other people's stories and give people that, you know, give people a platform to share their art and hopefully just help spread the word, you know, just doing my little part here because I care a lot about independent art and local music, local business, restaurants, things like that. I have a lot of friends from, you know, all over the city that do a lot of cool creative things in a lot of different fields. And, uh, I don't know. I just like being able to give them an opportunity to, you know, tell their stories. Yes. I find it very rewarding. It's very time consuming, but, uh, the, uh, the, I guess what I get out of it makes it worth it. Yeah. So, and you asked another question, Kelly, that was kind of funny. Not so serious question. What's your opinion on the statement that pop tarts are really just fruit ravioli? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give this a, a, a bit of a hard pass. I don't think that pop tarts are fruit ravioli. Um, I think there's probably some sort of another pastry besides a pop tart. That's a little bit more like a ravioli. I can't think of anything right now off the top of my head, but, um, all I know is if I got a fucking ravioli that was as dry as a pop tart typically is, I would be fucking salty. So yeah, uh, <laughs> uh my take on it is, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't vibe with that. I don't vibe with that. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mind pop tarts particularly, but, uh, you know, there's something, I don't think that they're, uh, I don't think they're fruit ravioli. Not at all. No, that's all I have to say about that. So that's it for listener questions this week. Let's move on to our episode. Let me make sure I didn't have any more notes. I didn't. Okay. So how about I'll just shut up now and then we'll get into the episode with the homies, Chelsea and Marie, Sad Girls Aquatics Club. Let's do it. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Okay, so now we are actually rolling now, and I already spoiled the fact that I enjoyed your album <laughs> when it wasn't recording, so no. we'll just get that out of the way. I'm sitting here with Chelsea and Marie from Sad Girls Aquatics Club. They just put out an EP called Vodka Wine that you can listen to on Spotify and Bandcamp and probably some other streaming services, oh, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I did some snooping. They have some music videos that are coming out soon that I'm excited to see. I saw some photographs. I've been following y'all on social media. Uh, it's cool. I, I think that there's a lot of good stuff going on behind the project. So let's start at the beginning. How did this whole thing start? Well, um, <laughs> we uh, Chelsea and I knew each other from college and kind of reconnected um, from a previous project. And then we had been talking about doing more like electronic based music and yeah. uh, just kind of finally got together and did it. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good story. Yeah. So the project you were doing before was not 
similar to this. I did see online that there, there was a project prior to this, but I wasn't familiar with it. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called um, Side Eye. And it was, it was uh, really fun, like poppy, surfy, yeah. bratty. We yelled a lot. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. There's like a, a fun, I don't know if this is like relevant, but one of the first things I thought of when I listened to the Sad Girls Aquatics Club thing was um, a lot of like some stuff that's kind of like sub pop based. Like I was thinking of like the, that Kristen Control record mm-hmm. that dropped and like even like that some washed out stuff oh, I was cool. thinking of a lot. And then thinking about, you mentioned being in like a more rock driven band before I started mm-hmm. thinking about like dumb, dumb girls. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is all kind of like very like similar. I'm kind of seeing it. And then um, maybe like MGMT all and right. then all oh. of that. Like if you threw that into a blender with the entire soundtrack for Lost in Translation, <laughs> that's kind of what vodka wine sounds like to yeah. me. And like, I really like all of those things. So thank you. That's a major compliment. Yeah, It's a really, really great record. And a lot of the questions that I'm, interested about are really just in the production and the songwriting on the record mm-hmm. because you mentioned that you had experience in a band before and the thing that really took me like it's just very like the song structures are very tasteful and mature and to, like hear it from like a debut project is like wow like really have your stuffs together and I'm like <laughs> super you. super impressed with it so that's the first time anyone's called me mature so I really <laughs> No, no, it's it's great. Like everything sounds so cool. So I'm curious uh, really about the recording process for this EP and what that was like, like the songwriting and recording process. Once you decided that you wanted to do an electronic project, um, did you have any experience with electronics prior to the beginning of this project? A little bit. Yeah, more just on a personal, like messing around level. A little bit. And so we worked with some people who were like – make a lot of like electronic based music we worked with ryan heiser from good sport who does a lot of like really cool looping and synthesizer stuff and dane edelman who's in um the lampshades and like a whole number of different projects and uh i think that they kind of like helped us with our songwriting process a little bit like we would come in with demos that were very bare bones just like a guitar a synth like Sometimes a, a Casio. Yeah, sometimes yeah. a Casio. And then like the lyrics and the, the bones of the song. Mm-hmm. And then we would all come together as a group and like start adding parts and taking parts away. And we explored pretty much every possible avenue. It took us probably a year to record <laughs> yeah. these songs. No, that's... So um, that's probably why, like, I think that it came out like a little bit more refined because of that because we really yeah. like put a lot of thought into every choice that we made i would say that it shows the, Thank you. the time spent definitely shows and the point that you brought up like working with other people that were essentially like producing in some ways yeah, yeah they were. Um, i think that there's an importance to that that is getting lost in the current time that we're in where i think it's awesome that anybody can record a an album in their bedroom and put it out but there's a certain thing about working with an outside people and yeah. getting that outside yeah. ear to really craft something like and make it truly great. And I don't think enough people do that anymore. Oh, yeah. It's really, it was really cool because it was in a weird mix between being intensely personal and collaborative. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Dane and Ryan are so talented. It was just really satisfying to have them like pull out of our brains what we wanted or yeah. just like. You know, with any kind of project or projects that you're doing, you get so, you can get so focused. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah. I do photography during my day job, and it's like, 
you work on something for so long, like when you have another pair of eyes or ears on it, like you're like, oh, this is great. Uh Um, It's so hard as an artist to like, essentially what when you're working with a producer like you're asking for like a constructive criticism but it's so yeah. hard to take that if like you're so passionate about what you're doing to have somebody be like even like oh i think that like maybe that line and that song like the the syllable count doesn't fit right with the rhythm yeah but you're like so you know it's like some real personal thing that you wrote and it's yeah. like finding that fine line of like yeah uh, what's what's good for yourself and what's better for the the art for the sake of itself we actually had a weirdly easy time with stuff like that. Like somebody would make a suggestion and everyone would be like, oh, of course. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like instead of fighting back against it, we had a role in the studio where like nothing was so precious that it couldn't be changed. Yeah. So if you came in with an idea and somebody wanted to try something else, we kind of like had a role amongst us that we're going to try it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. It was nice to have that understanding that everybody, mm-hmm. the the goal was to make stuff as the best it could be so we kind of pushed each other rather than um it wasn't more it was more of that like realizing that it wasn't a control issue and just being like we all want like the best it's it's so crucial in collaborating with other people to like drop ego yeah because it'll it just it'll sink into everything it's like this thing that you put all your heart and soul into you hate because there's a stupid guitar lead on a song that nobody wanted but that one person and you just let them do it because you kind of wanted them to shut up and then it just kind of ruins the art for you personally yeah there's like all those like those nuances that uh the outside people people are just here at the end of the day they don't they don't notice it Mm -hmm. but no it's okay to be a little bit selfish with your art but be selfish by being selfless yeah yeah it makes sense yin and yang right (laughs) yeah and there's been so many times where everybody's in agreement and there's one person that's like no i feel really strongly and then eventually we're like oh yeah you're right like yeah that's true if somebody has really really strong opinions whoever has the right opinion usually feels the most passionate about it so we we kind of figured that out early on and just went with whatever whoever was speaking the loudest and the most intensely (laughs) we were like that person's probably right (laughs) (laughs) it's weird yeah and that's the weird thing about art in general it's like when you put it out there it's not yours anymore because people and that's the beautiful and scary thing about it because people will pull out of it what they need from it or like take their own experience and be like this speaks to me this way so almost in that process it's the it's the same thing it's mm-hmm. it's intensely yours but not at the same it's weird and you mentioned that outside of the project you do photography so i would imagine as a photographer you really understand that whole concept of like once you put something out there it's not yours anymore oh, no yeah like credit I, out the window <laughs> nobody gives a fuck that that's shot true that. yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> stuff gets stolen yeah. like crazy yeah it's so bad um i my the best part of my career was i saw an ad that i made was uh taken like on Instagram, I was like, oh, they copied my ad. <laughs> like, that sucks, right? It sucks. But then I was like, oh, that I did a good job if they ripped it off. But those, so. I think those experiences, if you're somebody that's creative in a lot of different mediums, it can all, you find ways that it relates to each other and it helps you yeah. think about things in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting how it, uh, well, that's the thing that scared me about music is with uh, more visual things, Sure, there's like a lot of ways that you can shoot things and whatever, um, but it tends to be more um, finite. Where it's like, yeah, I could set it up like this, but I want 
to achieve this, that, and the other thing with it. So this is the best avenue. But I feel with like music, it's like, oh, there's so many cool things you can do and yeah. so many arrangements. And, and with music, you're asking a lot from, I don't I hate using the word consumer, but I'm going to talk <laughs> business right now. Uh, you're asking a lot from the person engaging with your music. Like you're asking them for at least four minutes yeah. of their time right. to really get something from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with photography, it, somebody might be able to look at a photo that if you might have spent hours setting it up, but they can take it all in, in all at once. 15 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if somebody if somebody were to base your music in that that form of your art just off of 15 second snippets, like they would never get the full picture. So it's really yeah. hard for artists to or musicians to get their point across because everybody's so uh Everybody's just trying to keep up nowadays. Yeah. You ever like watch your friends scroll through their Instagram feeds? Yeah. And it's oh like, my how gosh. are you obtaining any of that information? No, just like, I, they're I, just like looking for a color or something that sticks out to them. No, and then I, like, like move, move, move. Like, how, like, I, I do that all the time. I swear. I'm just like, I black out and I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah, cool. Or like, I'll see something later and I'll be like, oh, I already like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, yeah, it, it's a combination of things. It's like that whole, uh, you know, you keep on going back to the fridge because yeah. you're hungry and seeing if anything else is new there. Yeah. Oh my and God. then you yeah. have the the whole uh, algorithms where they just keep repeat, like show you the same things and it's not in order anymore. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, they're, they're messing with us. <laughs> I'm telling you. And it's working. I'm freaked out. <laughs> I'm really, really frightened. But here we are. So, Chelsea, what do you do outside of Sad Girls? So I'm in school right now. Um, I'm at Pitt Dental School. So I spend a lot of my time at school, probably like eight to five every day. And that's, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm in there a lot of time. I I do a lot of band stuff while I'm at school, <laughs> like in some of my classes. Hell I'm yeah. like, multitasking. Uh, I got this. I'm like answering emails <laughs> to people and like sending stuff out and doing promo. So, yeah, because we did do all of our own promo, which we've gotten asked a lot on this album. Like, um, did you get a publicist or something? No, it was me uh, (laughs) not paying attention in class and emailing blogs. I could tell that. (laughs) I could tell. That's something that I thought about because um, a lot of this makes sense, like seeing Mm -hmm. everything come together. So, you know, you have connections with – you were able to collaborate with some producers that, Mm -hmm. you know, helped get this great product. And you have – photography experience or some really cool promos that look really, really solid. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some graphic design people that either you're connected with or you're doing yourself. So everything looks really professional. Plus you have previous experience. Right. So all that right. coming mm-hmm. together, but that combined with um, just like these uh, very realistic, uninflated numbers on social media. You know what I mean? It's not like we're a new band and check out our 10,000 followers on Instagram. You know what I mean? That's that's the kind of shit. It's like, oh, somebody paid somebody to do this. But then you see yeah. like, you know, very modest numbers. It's like, oh, this is just a genuine thing that they're slowly building. Mm, yeah. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. So live shows. What the fuck is up? You doing it? Uh, we're, we're doing we're it. We're, we're getting there. Chugging along. Mm-hmm. Um, we started practice this week. Uh, we didn't play any music at our first practice. We just we ate Taco Bell. started talking about practicing. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you may know this because you have experience being in a band together and you're still mm-hmm. friends after that. Yeah. The most yeah. important thing about being in a band is making sure that you are friends with those yeah. people and that you're <laughs> able to hang out. Because if you can't do that, it's going to... 
it's going to tank. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. So anytime I chat with somebody and they talk about how like band practice is like 75% bullshitting, 25% working on stuff, it's like, oh, you're in a good band. That's definitely well, That good. makes us <laughs> feel better. And there's, yeah. you know, and I think the other thing too is like, aside from being creative, I think about why I do stuff and create art is because like I was like a weird, lonely kid and I wanted to make friends. Definitely. So now that yeah. I've made friends, I shouldn't take that for granted. Right. No, you know, if we yeah. want to sit around and talk about tacos for two hours, let's do it. I worked my ass off mm -hmm. learning yeah. how to be a musician so I could just talk with other people that are musicians about tacos. Yeah. 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 And then every Honestly. once in a while we can make some stuff. That'd be tight. Honestly, yeah. That's that's been my experience in bands for sure. It's just like <laughs> yeah. mostly just fucking around and then <laughs> playing some music with with live music i'm really curious to see or know about what your plan is for executing it um on the album there's this really cool seamless blend of electronics and organic instruments i mean mm -hmm. there's tracks that have live drums and tracks yeah. at least it sounds like they're live maybe they're yeah. like live drums and electronic drums but like it was mixed very intelligently in the way because there's a lot of bands that will do that but it's very a, a, an abrasive transition where mm -hmm. like a track with electronic drums is like oh this sounds very electronic and then the track with live drums it's like they don't sound like the same album you know mm -hmm. what i mean like it's like but everything's very cohesive on that project in terms of how seamless it is in the mixing mm -hmm. so kudos to whoever was responsible for that mix that's nate campisi from mr <laughs> small's mixing and mastering and yeah what a <laughs> what a great job yeah he's great yeah, he's did. really good uh, so but with it live you know i'm curious about What's the plan? Like, are you going to have uh, other other live musicians coming on board to play mm -hmm. some stuff live? So or are you thinking backtracks or a mixture? I think we're starting off with, like, us doing, I mean, we're going to play what we want to, guitar, synth, sing. We're going to focus a lot on vocals because it's pretty important. And then I think we were thinking of bringing on some people for the rhythm section. And then kind of just seeing what each song needs. Like, does yeah. it need a backing track? Yeah. So we're not even sure what it's going to be now. So you're in a really <laughs> you're in a really convenient spot, and I have I have a music project as well that is it's primarily hip hop focused, and okay. I, sometimes I play with a live band, sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is being able to accept any show offer or fit into like different things. Mm -hmm. So that's a really cool opportunity for the both of you. Whereas like, if you want to do a cool full band show, you could do that and play yeah. with like some other rock bands. Or if you just want to get on a small, like um, kind of like bedroom pop electronic show, it could just be the two of you and you're mm -hmm. able to do that. Not every band could do that. So that flexibility is very uh, tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. I mean, I'm excited to see what we end up doing. Cause right now we're kind of, just diving in. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's neat to see. I mean, that's what I like about the fluidity of songs. It's just like there's so many ways you can arrange it and mm -hmm. how, you know, what do we want a live show to look like? And uh, it doesn't even have to be that one iteration. There can be all sorts of different ways yeah. to do Are it. Are you considering, um, I would imagine that even aside from the performance aspect, I would imagine there'd probably be some sort of a strong visual aspect to the live performance as well. Oh, I know. I haven't even gone down that rabbit hole yet because it's good. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I'm so excited, but it's like I gotta, but, I gotta dial it back. Yeah, focus. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I hope that you take advantage of that. That's another thing that I really, really enjoy and I miss is the yeah. that a show can be a performance. I think there was mm -hmm. like this. 
a time frame where it was like cool to just like you know just be a band yeah but, like i kind of miss like shows that are shows not necessarily like big arena rock or anything yeah. like that yeah. you know, like, people like even something as simple as like oh we're all wearing like matching outfits and we have a silly yeah. backdrop stuff like that's like oh this is tight this is cute like i'm a part yeah. of an experience instead of just like watching like a band practice which sometimes it can feel like mm-hmm. yeah and we've uh in previous projects and I've done projects for other bands as well. Like it's really fun to collaborate with other people that aren't um, necessarily musicians either um, and bring some performancey aspects to it, Mm -hmm. which is fun. There's Um, so much room for things like that. And a lot of people don't, uh, I don't want to say taking advantage of your resources because that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? Like if you're friends with somebody that does I don't know, interpretive dance or something like that. Yeah. And they're just going to, if they're going to be at your show anyways, yeah, why not loop them in somehow? It makes it fun too. Like I know in our last band, we had this, like we called it the babe parade where yeah. we brought in a bunch of our friends and our friend who's a designer made dresses yeah. for all of them. And Elaine they just, Healy. Elaine Healy. She just, they just came up on stage and danced with us and they had a really good time yeah. and they all became friends and like, they were all artists on their own too. Yeah. And they ended yeah. up networking with each other and like they, making some of, really good art and connections out of just that fun night of like dancing. Yeah. And we just like, had we like to foster that. Yeah. yeah. It, was it was just cool. fun. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's so much opportunity to, uh, curate community in the local art scene in ways that, you know, transcend just like individual mediums. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get a lot of music people that only fuck with music people and a lot of yeah. art people that only fuck with art people. And I've always been like, why aren't these? Yeah. You know, it's like I'll have somebody in a band mm-hmm. like, oh, like, do you know anybody that does uh, like photography? And then I'll have somebody that's like, fuck, I wish I could get clients. It's yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And then then you get uh people that but then you get the situation where people want things for free. And it's yeah. such a problem like I try to tell people like you understand that by paying a photographer for work, you're encouraging like you're encouraging and putting more into the community. Like the mm-hmm. more that you make this okay, the more people are going to think it's okay to like buy your shirt or pay for tickets to come to your mm-hmm. show. It's all, it's the circle of life when it comes to the, <laughs> yeah. the economics of independent art and independent business. But a, a lot of people don't, yeah, uh, they don't think been... like that. I try to like run my band. Like it was like a, an independent restaurant or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the set list is the menu. And every time people come to the restaurant, I got to make sure there's something new for them because they've already <laughs> yeah. had everything else. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, we definitely are really um, – that's, like, our main priority is making sure people feel – get compensated or – Or like, even, like, appropriate trades. Yeah, like sure. Trades, um, or like, the time for yeah. portfolio kind of thing um, when we can, you know, provide, like, yeah something in exchange for them and we both help each other. Yeah, I We th- just want it to be beneficial for everyone involved. Totally. And, like, especially mm-hmm. if it's somebody that is super talented. Like, if I have, like, a videographer that's super talented – just being able to pay them for something, mm. it's like it's encouraging to let them know like this is possible. Like you don't have to, you know, work at the coffee shop the rest of your life. Like coffee shops are tight. <laughs> yeah. I like coffee. It's important. Somebody, you know, but like you could also do this too. It is possible. 
Yeah. So being able to show people it is possible to do that. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that we could someday pay our videographer. I know. <laughs> yeah. We have made. Speaking of appropriate trades. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of the videos. So what's, what's the deal with these? You have two music videos that are supposed to be coming out sometime in the future. I don't know if you've released these dates yeah. or anything like that. Or February 8th is our first one. No shit. Yeah. yeah. So that's right around coming, the corner. Yeah, right yeah. around the corner. Cool. And the second one, we still have one more scene to shoot, but um, I don't know how um, long editing and color correction everything takes. Did you do both of the videos with the same people or different mm -hmm. people? Yeah, so we're working with um, Zach Eisenfeld, who is uh, super talented, um, he was actually uh, one of my old coworkers, uh, cool. and he, yeah, he does like phenomenal ads and stuff, and wanted to do more creative projects. So it was great to collaborate with him. Um, supernatural. Yeah, he's super easy to work with. If anyone's thinking of making a music video, yeah, <laughs> I like highly recommend him. He has really good ideas. He was so, he was like always in a good mood, always encouraging, nice. willing to try everything. Notes taken. Yeah, he's just been so great yeah. for us. And we kind of met up at this really ideal time where we need a music video and he needed stuff for his portfolio. Yeah, I think he, came, he, he texted me because we'd been talking about it like back and forth and he's like, I, I'm going to go insane. Like, can you please, <laughs> can we please do something that's not like... You know, sure. Run in the mail. Yeah, so. I can understand that, you know, just being on that side of things. Like I, I got a new camera recently and I was just trying to find people yes. to like, this kind of goes back into the conversation. Mm -hmm. I was like, look, I got this new camera. If anybody, I want to shoot a video for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I don't want to necessarily do it for free. The only way, but like, I was like, stupid cheap rate to do this video like i'm talking like give me like a hundred bucks and i'll shoot and edit your whole thing i don't care how long it takes i just want the the whole price thing for me was like i just want to at least if i'm doing it i want to do it with somebody that actually gives somewhat of a crap and i know they're going to do something with it that's kind of like an easy way to tell yeah like anybody yeah, that's like not willing to at least throw you a hundred bucks for a yeah. fully produced music video it's like why am i even wasting my time <laughs> yeah uh so but Going back to the thing with people not wanting to pay anything. Like, nobody yeah. wanted to do it. I got a ton of people who were like, yeah, let's do it. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, well, would you be into just, like, this small little trade since I'm going to be probably taking a day off work and do to do all this <laughs> stuff? And then, like, conversation drops. Yeah. That's what's hard with um, it's like photography and video in general. Yeah. People don't understand. Mm -hmm. And as, like, uh, a photographer being choosy about jobs, like... You know, like I learned early on, like not to shoot weddings anymore because I hated it. And it was like a lot of money, you, but it was. You can't. Yeah. Fuck the but money. But then you, I know. You can't <laughs> exactly. let like, what you love become what you hate. Yeah. It's a nightmare. And then being choosy about creative projects and being like, okay, like I know they can't pay what they probably should be paying me. But if it can be, you know, like at least $100 and it's like good for my portfolio and then I can get these other jobs from it potentially yeah i, don't know. I mean it's it, difficult and i think it's important too just to get to a point where you not to be like egotistical but to like be like very aware of who you are aligning yourself with and like the people that you're working with and just like i cause like i just want to work with people that take their art seriously yeah which i mean it's very subjective like yeah. what is serious for somebody but i i, I just that that's i just don't like working with people that are full of shit. Yeah. It's like yeah. such a bummer. It makes me 
it gives me a bad taste and like i just don't like being around that and there's unfortunately there are some people that are just full of shit when it comes to uh art i don't know but hey it takes what, a while what's to right find for your some people. people you know what what my my opinions are only my opinions yeah you know yeah yeah luckily like I think we vibe so well. We're in a working relationship because we're both kind of like psychotic when it comes to like getting something done. And we like we'll spend like kind of a ridiculous amount of time perfecting something or just like relatable. Getting everything done that needs to be done. So yeah. I don't know. I know, because I was thinking about that. We were talking about like, oh, we get along so well. We never disagree. But I don't think that's true. I think yeah. I think we just we work well and don't take things personally and just like mm-hmm. get the best result, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that's another interesting thing. And sometimes people don't think about it in a, in a collaborative effort where everybody wants the same thing at the end. Mm-hmm. You would yeah. think, you know, if everybody wants to put out a really good song at the end of the day, yeah, then these conversations shouldn't be a problem. But then yeah. you might have somebody that they don't care about the song. They only care about their guitar solo. Yeah. yeah. So it's like hard to work with those people if like that's their their end goal is like what's in it for me, not what's in it for the project. Mm-hmm. That's it. I it's great to find Chelsea and everybody <laughs> that we work with because I don't um even it's hard when you collaborate because not only is, there might be those factors and then just like there can be really talented people that you love and are like have all those goals but they have a they have different taste yeah you know so it's also like a you got to find that perfect storm or just like I don't know like my early 20s I wanted to do make music with people make films and like do all this creative stuff and I I don't want to say surrounded by the wrong people but they weren't right for the not motivated and uh, yeah sure I'm rambling but no it's it's (laughs) you got to find your people it's like it's like a say you want a tattoo if yeah. you want like uh, a real crazy portrait, you're not going to go to somebody that does traditional tattoos. You mm-hmm. need to find somebody that is into the style of what you want and can vibe with what you're doing. So you yeah. might have been around creative people, but they just weren't locked into exactly what your creative voice was. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like you were all speaking, but like different languages. Yeah, that's a yeah. good way. And Pittsburgh's an interesting place to make music, too, because like – if you go to Brooklyn or something, everyone's kind of like on the same page, making the same kind of style of music or LA, like there's like LA rock that everyone's making in Pittsburgh. I feel like, like before this, I was in like a heavy psych rock band called Shaky Shrines. And then sure. they were really good. Like, yeah, and it was really fun. You can also be like in an eighties hair metal band because those still exist in Pittsburgh or like, you could like everyone's kind of doing their own thing, yeah. And it's hard yeah. to find somebody who's like doing exactly what you want to do. It's a good and bad thing, I think. You know, yeah. you think of like a a Brooklyn or another area like that. I mean, they mm. those are a lot of people have their their eyes on cities like that. So you get a band that blows up, like I don't know what's the the first band I thought of is a Yeah Yeah Yes, yeah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you just have like a wave of bands that sound like Yeah Yeah Yes, mm-hmm. but nobody we don't really have that in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, there's not, you know what I mean? There's, there was an era where there was a bunch of Wiz Khalifas, but that's <laughs> yeah. kind of like falling off now even. Mm-hmm. So there's no, like, we're not really known for any particular style. And yeah. I think everybody's still trying to figure that out. So that's why it's such like a, 
a hodgepodge of different, a melting pot, yeah, if you will, <laughs> a beautiful styles, melting pot. Yeah. I do, I do enjoy that though. I think it's cool, but uh, I, I like know. it too. You can yeah. go to a show and see like four completely different bands on the bill and just be like, "This is weird as hell." Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Have you like given some thought about whenever you start playing shows, what it's going to be like in terms of like the 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 demographic of bands that are in the area i think that you won't have a hard time fitting in i think there's a lot of bands around here that the two of you will probably kill it with there's so many bands that we admire here Mm -hmm. you know um and we've got a lot on our creepy secret list of who we'd like to play shows (laughs) with secret list (laughs) (laughs) i have no further comments With um, the production on Vodka Wine, kind of getting back into that, there's a lot of really cool stuff. I was talking about that that blend that, of the electronics and the live instrumentation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really cool stuff with like the drum sounds and like oh, yeah. panning. There's a lot of cool stuff on like the one track, uh, Oh Billy. Yeah. It's like there's oh, like yeah. the we consistently panning, the panning stuff. And it was that like, was, it was actually two drum so sets. Two drum sets. I love that because that was one of the first songs we, we worked on. Mm-hmm. And Dane and Ryan both had ideas for um, drum beats. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. I think that's what we did, and we and just were just them like, both to it. yeah, let's just use both and like no, it, them back. Yeah, it, it sounds we cut out parts that didn't fit, so it's definitely chopped a little bit. But those are like t- just two different people playing yeah. two different drum yeah. beats. <laughs> and that's what I liked about the organic instruments on the um, EP. For the most part, we did chop them in a way to make them. Mm-hmm. more like we use them as if they were almost like an electronic yeah. Yeah. instrument and i think at the time i was also going through a huge king gizzard phase so i was like yeah two drums <laughs> we should do it <laughs> i was like i had just seen king crimson as like yeah they have three drum sets <laughs> yeah, like, it's so, <laughs> it's so fun to pull influence from things that like on the surface have nothing to do yeah. with what your art is and i right. think that's the type of influence that's like fucking tight to Mm -hmm. like take something like king gizzard and like oh let's put this into like a pop thing a pop song you know but like you have those fundamentals of just how like studio production and rhythms and stuff work and Mm -hmm. it can totally be applied yeah and that's what yeah that's just what we well because we have such a wide gamut of music that we love and like are obsessed with so it's funny um listening to stuff and um just like hearing like I was listening to O'Billy and we have I had the the claps in there and I realized that I subconsciously like pulled that from Joy Division. <laughs> like they do that all the time. Like the, that specific uh syncopation. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how your uh little influences and even those influences are all influenced yeah, by other like stuff. So it's I think wild. it was I think one of the things and you had just mentioned it, Chelsea, that helps with the seamlessness of the production on the album is actually using those organic instruments and almost like sampling them and maybe like looping them in some ways to Mm kind of create something that sounds more like almost like, like a hip hop way of producing something, but like putting it in a pop format. Like, I mean, so you take like the way that you probably recorded that album is not much different than the way most modern hip hop is done. It's just, you know, different, different rhythms and time signatures (laughs) and tempos, but it's a lot of the same stuff. We even did a vocal keyboard at one point where we like sang sang notes for each 
um, each key of the keyboard and like played a keyboard of like our vocals. Oh, that's fun. For, yeah. What did we do that on Goth Annihilation? Sand of Goth Annihilation. And it yeah. was inspired by 10cc. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. But, so, yeah, we used like, sorry, <laughs> we used uh, organic. Uh, guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, Even or I mean piano. Piano and vodka wine, that was, I remember, yeah, I think that was Ryan's idea mm -hmm. to specifically make it choppy mm -hmm. to have more of that. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the vocals on the project, is it both of you that mm -hmm. are doing vocals? Okay, yeah. I was I wasn't I wasn't certain. So is it always <laughs> like like everything kind of layered and consistent, or is there parts where it swaps back and forth? So it just happened to work out that like. Usually whoever writes the song sings the song. It happened to work out that the first track was Marie, the second track was me, and we just like alternated. Oh, okay. Who's singing, who's singing on the track? Who's singing lead? Who's singing lead? And then we would sing back up. Um, yeah. And Ryan Heiser even sang on one of our tracks. If you if you yeah. heard it on Strange Place, the last track, there's okay. like a male vocal yeah. in the lead. Dane sings too. Oh, on, yeah, he um, did. Dane, Dane Annihilation. Goth Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I I wasn't. I was really curious, and there was. I looked online to see like who was responsible uh, for what, but it's all very incognito. Uh, it's just yeah. like it's the two we of don't us. Really remember half the time <laughs> like who came up with what? And um, yeah. like if Marie's singing lead, I'm singing harmony. Cool. Yeah. 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 It. The, yeah, the, the people, two of you have voices that work really, really well together. Yeah. yeah it's you. funny how. Yeah, most people can't tell their voices apart. They it, are very similar, I it, guess. I mean, and I think, too, like, with the way the songs change, they're not, um, it's not a dramatic shift between all of the songs, but mm -hmm. I think the vibes of the songs switch along with the vocal switching. It's kind mm -hmm. of, so, it, but it stays consistent. It remains consistent. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was curious. I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, who's doing vocals? I'm sure they both are, but I don't know yeah. who's who. It yeah. all sounds the same. So, I was, I know, like, I was, trying to like because we're gonna start practicing soon and i was trying to do like my harmonies on one song and i was like i don't i don't know what part i'm singing <laughs> <laughs> like i forget how this goes so oh this is another fun question so i'm really into uh vocal manipulation live it's something that i do a lot with effects mm -hmm. um had you given any consideration to how you're gonna pull off a lot of that like dreamy reverby oh, stuff yeah. live we yeah. have i have a couple vocal pedals that we're gonna try out um, some of the stuff I think is really important to keep in there. So we're going to try yeah. as hard as we can to get that live. <laughs> nice. What uh, pedals are you using? I think would we have the pop studio pop two or something. It's so blue. It's, That's all yeah. I remember. It's blue. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah, cause we can do like vodka one specifically the title track has yeah um, that's the that. first track on the album right yeah the ep i'm sorry oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's okay i don't know the what release, it's called the project yeah <laughs> yes yeah. that has like a uh manipulated upper and lower mm -hmm. octaves uh -huh. i think yeah, yeah that was another thing i noticed too do you do that on, a, on a, several of the tracks that octave stuff I felt like I heard it in a couple spots on the album. I think that was just organically done. Okay. I just went back in and did. Yeah. I remember oh, okay. doing those high takes. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, just vodka wine has like that more, that, you know, a machine did it. So. Yeah. And there's that, that's sort of that, that, that lo-fi reverb on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. like the, there's like, I guess it's that, that 
that synth that's kind of modulating in the track that's like super like lost in translation sounding to me. Yeah. Like as soon as I, it was funny because whenever I got the link sent to me and I listened to it, you know, it was like 30 seconds in and I was like, I already love this. Oh, thank you. And then it was really cool to like see it throughout the the rest of the project, just how it transitions and how it goes into all the different upbeat stuff. Um, Cause it's not all, I would have been totally fine if it was all like down tempo and moody, but it was cool to get that range of human emotion in the project that, you know, becomes <laughs> a, a lot thing of where it's feelings. like, Oh, this feels like real life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes That's it cool. bums me out when a band is like always moody or <laughs> it also freaks me out if they're always on like yeah. this excitement level. It's Something's too much. wrong. <laughs> You're yeah. hiding something. <laughs> With, um, you know, I guess it's kind of hard to say, like, what the plan is because you're still figuring out so much stuff mm-hmm. with getting the shows and all of this visual stuff together. But you have the music video dropping on February 8th, you said. Mm-hmm. I double-checked this episode will be out on February 4th. So, awesome. this is killer timing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, keep an eye out in a few days for anybody that's listening now. Yeah. Or, you know, if it's past February 8th. You know, go check it out. Do you have a um a YouTube account or anything set up? Do you know like yeah. where it's going to be streaming from? Mm-hmm. We'll have it on YouTube and Vimeo at least. Yeah. So any other suggestions on platforms? Are Do you have appreciate a you have your own website? We, we don't. don't. <laughs> Should we? I don't know. I made a website. Yeah, I, I love just, Squarespace. So. Yeah, yeah. As a Squarespace user as well, I nice. just, I got so tired of telling people to look us up on oh, you know like yeah. we're on Facebook. <laughs> just find us on Facebook. You know, it's it's nice to just be like, no, like here's our website. Sad girls that biz. But the the sad thing is, people pro- you probably don't even get anybody's attention unless you're like Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And then people look, huh? What? I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. How? We, we like our Twitter. <laughs> That's our favorite one. <laughs> I'm so bad at Twitter. I don't know. I mean, it's like I've, I've mentioned this before. All the different social medias, if you're in a, well, I don't want to say you have to have all of them, but mm. you kind of need to have some sort of an identity on all of them. Because oh, yeah. the one thing that I hate is whenever, uh, like if there's a show coming up uh, <laughs> and like everybody gets tagged, but you, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes you look like you don't have your shit together. It's like, <laughs> It's so dumb, but like I overanalyze no, things like I know that. So mean, it's like I guess I'll it. make. But then you make the account, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I made this account, and we have like fucking two followers. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's better than not getting tagged, I guess. Then you have to like At pester least... your family and friends with like invites to like your page. <laughs> yeah. I'm like sorry, yeah. I just want to send an apology. You shouldn't have to apologize. <laughs> you know, like uh, that's I know that feeling. Yeah. Totally. I think for a long time that feeling hindered me. Yeah. As an artist in terms of uh, networking and getting my stuff out there. Because I, mm-hmm. I felt bad about sharing it with people. But that's yeah. such a silly thing. It is because like I always felt like that. And then I thought about it. It's like, man, when somebody sends me a request, I'm like, oh, that's great. They're, they're doing their thing. I'm you know? so like, excited. I'm, never, like, I'm excited you know. to see my friends or just people in the city doing things that are yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah Hence I you two excited. sitting here right now. <laughs> but it's like... Yeah, so I just feel like my family members are like another band to I like. Know. Great. <laughs> Do you have a job or a boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow, you're in a new Good band job, again. <laughs> How is a uh, family supportive of the creative endeavors? Yeah, to I a degree. So. My Your dad's family's really into the- <laughs> super um, 
my family's super supportive, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Marie's was, dad was in the studio with us. Like, yeah. Helping us mix he's, and master. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's a. Does he have a background in that? Yeah. He's a very good musician. Cool. And he's super smart, which is, I, I mean, I didn't get any of that, which sucks, but. I don't think that's true. <laughs> don't beat yourself <laughs> up like bit. that. No. Um, but yeah, it was really cool and special to have that because mm -hmm. I had previous projects before and I think they were like, oh, that's cute you know and it was nice for like he's he's a man of few words so he was just like oh wow these are some really good songs so it's like oh this goes back this <laughs> wow. goes back to what i said earlier yeah mature songwriting yeah <laughs> even your family recognized it yeah which is nice and so, yeah and like i have uh, my aunt and uncle are super into it too so it's nice that's great very lucky yeah with um kind of social media let's go back to that and then we'll we'll wrap up because you're going to be getting into this i mean you granted you already have social media accounts and you mentioned twitter is your favorite and things <laughs> like that but how do you feel about you know that social media in your personal life and then having to combine it with like this creative thing and it's eventually it's all going to get mixed together unless you're really good at keeping it separate have you like given any thought on how you want to manage this moving forward or is it just not a big deal do you mean like our your personal account with your band account yeah because for me it's like oh uh i got let's post something on the band page and then mm -hmm. i'm gonna share it from the personal page and it's like well why do i even have the band page from sharing it from the personal page right. I, that's but also how i get I worried that nobody's yeah. gonna see it if i don't share it from the personal page yeah, yeah. so but I, i'm trying to like it's like as much as I want those worlds to be separate, they're not. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, this is who I am. Like I do music full time. Yeah. So I'm in it always. So it, it is part of my personal life, but it's also like, you know, maybe on my Facebook, I just want to talk about like tacos. Maybe yeah. I don't want to share my links to my stuff all the time. Yeah. But yeah. maybe I'm just overanalyzing it. Like I overanalyze everything. Like my life shouldn't be an art project. Right. So I should stop That's looking, trying to, to treat it yeah. so perfect and just let it be what it is. Yeah. I kind of tried to do something like that. Like, hey, I'm not going to post about the band on my personal account anymore. So just like follow that account because like if you care. And then I still post on my personal account. Yeah. So it's like. It's the ego. Well, it's, it's the, just get, it's, It gets into us. And yeah. it's like people will be like, oh, I didn't know about it. And I'm like, guys, you don't follow the band. Yeah. Like, Please follow. <laughs> I don't want to post even, anymore. Even if they follow the band. It's, it feels so tacky to be posting all the time. Like, well, you, check I, out our thing. <laughs> I used to worry about that until I realized I had friends posting pictures of sandwiches more than I was posting pictures of my band. That's yeah. true. Well, that's a weird <laughs> thing about. I appreciate a picture of a sandwich. Yeah. Though. I'm like. That looks great. <laughs> like, totally, totally. You know, uh, if uh, I'm going to make a bold statement here. Oh, boy. If somebody was like, you know, uh, you have to give up one thing, uh, your record collection or sandwiches for the rest of your life, I'd probably go with the record collection. Wow. Ooh, hot take. That's a big record collection. Yeah. We can see it. It's yeah. large. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> Three of those uh, eight cube Ikea things. You saw messing around. Yeah. I see Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I've been like on a huge Kate Bush kick recently. I love her. Oh, oh my great. God. I was listening to, um, are you familiar with this band called Nikki and the Dove? No. So they were another band that, uh, I don't know if they're still on Sub Pop, but Sub Pop put out an album of theirs back in 2012 called Instinct. Okay. And I liked it when it came out, um, but it 
it's kind of just like eh, on my radar. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I bought a copy of it. I have it. I really enjoyed it. And then randomly it just popped up. Like I saw it on my iTunes or whatever. I was just looking for something to listen to and I listened to it again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, I forgot how good this album was. And I was like, this fucking album sounds like Hounds of Love. It sounds oh, like Kate Bush. I was I'll like, fuck, I haven't listened to Kate Bush in a while. And then I went back and listened to that. So <laughs> so good. I was like really excited about Nikki and the Dove for a second. And then they got trumped by Kate Bush. That's um, like my but- favorite thing about <laughs> rediscovering music that you used to love oh, is gosh. like such a good thing to cycle too. all yeah. the time. I, yeah, I go through a lot of cycles. But I wanted to say about social media, like it's weird because my personal account's like a fake brand almost anyway. It's like yeah. you, right? end up, you end up like, posting like it's like a almost mine's almost a, a parody of myself or just everybody's like everybody's is or it's weird how people make assumptions or just like it's everybody's perfect life yeah you know so like that's weird i yeah. would want to delete it if but i can't i can so you just can't you yeah. could you just don't want to but exactly. you don't want to say that yeah i don't want to say that no <laughs> i don't post for attention god <laughs> it, it's I don't know. It's finding finding that balance. I don't know. We're all we're all still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think that we're it's this generation of guinea pigs with social media, but it seems like a lot of people that are uh in like middle school, high school now, I think they actually have a much better handle of it than mm-hmm. yeah. people in our age did because like I mean, I didn't grow up with it. You know what I mean? It was introduced in the middle of figuring everything out. But now at least they're able to figure out life with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some, like, things that are kind of, like, scary about it with, like, you know, bullying, never leaving. Like, it follows you 24-7 for some people. And, like, there's definitely problems. But I also think there are a lot of kids that are growing up and they're a lot more adjusted to it. They're not taking it so seriously. That's good. I know. I don't. If we had more social media, like AIM was bad enough for me yeah. in middle school. I had like a couple bad, you know, cyberbullying incidents. But like, <laughs> I can't imagine like with being connected all the time. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I had a friend on recently who has two kids that are in high school now. And, you know, I was talking about this and he was like, it's fine. Like, I love being able to see them grow up and oh, share stuff cool. with their friends. And it's really cool. And they're well adjusted. And like their friends are cool. And it's like pretty chill for them. It's just like, it's more of a thing where like adults don't know how to manage it. Yeah. Or yeah. Even, like, even like people that are like a generation above us or two, like those are the people that are like terrible on social media. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. they act like toddlers. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. I had like a <sighs> older friend talking about her sister-in-law being mad that she didn't write happy birthday. on a, And she was like, but I called you. Like, and I was like, wow. Like I didn't think the like the baby boomers are having worse time than us. Uh huh. I remember. <laughs> remember the first time I felt really uncomfortable about social media was a McDonald's commercial. Oh no! And all that happened was I saw it on TV in passing, and at the end of the commercial, they posted their MySpace and Twitter handles on the commercial. And I was like, "This is weird. Like, why? Like, this was a thing for like." kids why are businesses using this and all of a sudden you're hearing people uh quote twitter on the news and politics and all this stuff and i was like fuck this is changing and i was like i don't know if old people are ready for i don't want to say old people but let's say baby boomers are ready for like this access to i don't know if they're like mentally equipped for it yeah. I mean, some people are, but a lot of people, it's just like, they don't understand how it works. Like me, I'm sure everybody has a relative that has like, uh, 
posted something to you publicly that they thought was just on your oh. wall like they post it as a status yeah just, yeah i mean i think like, like evan's silly grandma things. is my favorite example of that <laughs> <laughs> our one our drummer's uh grandmother posts him on all the time on twitter and it's amazing <laughs> yeah i mean it's the, i mean there's things where it's like i don't want to come off as like sounding malicious to baby yeah. boomers there's a lot of like it's well, just it's, 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 uh, it's, they deserve it <laughs> <laughs> i mean some it's like it's very like it's not the intentions aren't cool it's just they're yeah. trying to figure out the technology but some some stuff's like it's really really silly yeah yeah my mom will be like did you see this on the news and i'm like i saw that three days ago on twitter like <laughs> oh, you're yeah. so far behind <laughs> but then, you, but then you, if you think about it you kind of sound like a bit of a, a snoot like i yeah. saw it three yeah. whole days ago i know i know three days that's old news mom <laughs> three hours is old ago. news now true, true which yeah. is another problem with uh marketing a brand in today's mm-hmm. social climate yes you know everybody's yeah. a well, that's Every, putting out it's like content. We're all fish fighting for that food. That's the, why the misinformation gets like all the time because everybody just wants to be the first to report it, so they don't oh. check if it's true or not. Oh, yeah. you well, know? they read the headline. That's awful. Everybody finds headlines that <sighs> align with their their point of view, and then they share yeah. it. Yeah, they don't read it. No. Yeah. Oh Definitely. God, no. Like this science says I'm right. It happened. I didn't I've read the it. article, but I'm going to repost it. Oh, I've seen it so many times. Like, oh, well, I, I skimmed you. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't have time to read it. And it's like, okay. It's like, I mean, I appreciate you wanting to share information with the world that you think, you know, a lot, you're being passionate. Sure, and we, we mentioned yeah. before, the passionate people <laughs> are sometimes the right ones, but they're not always not in right. terms always. of that. Yeah. They didn't explore the details like we did. <laughs> no. <laughs> So you're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You're on it. Instagram. Yeah. You're on Facebooker. Yeah. yeah. You don't have a website. No. No, but, but we have a we do have a YouTube and a Bandcamp. Bandcamp. And I think that whenever we got on Spotify, we got on like Google Music and Apple Music and that, Amazon. Amazon. Did you work? Did you do that through DistroKid or somebody like yeah, one of those did. platforms? Yeah, we used CD Baby. Okay. So I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, they're all the same. You know what I mean? It's they have their differences, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's like Coke or Pepsi. But some people might be very adamant on that. Yeah, I've had some people have some conversations with me, and I'm like, I'm so bored right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't care about these kind of details at all. What's your favorite soda? (laughs) I'm a dentist, so I don't drink soda. I don't drink soda either. What about you? Pop. Pop. Actually, sorry, um, yeah, I forgot where we were. I. I just like everything that's not die. I very rarely drink it. Baja Blast. Baja Blast. Maybe <laughs> no. I never understood that. I like Coke when I want a pop. Like I like po- Coke and Pepsi <laughs> because they taste different. I, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't know. Like I don't understand why. Sure. I, to p- I like vanilla Coke. I think. I don't know. I don't know why people think so hard about stuff like that and. Because they're upset. in a very fortunate position, and they don't realize That's that. That's true. <laughs> I sh- I'm sure there's stupid things I'm fired up oh, about, we too. Are. We're so. human. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Trust me, we all suck to some degree, but no. it's okay. <laughs> Learn- yeah. Learning to accept other people's flaws is, uh, I don't know, that's what, that's what but- makes us good people i think i don't mm, know yeah. I'm, st- I'm trying to figure out a lot still <laughs> you know yeah. I, uh but uh as long as i have sandwiches and stuff i'll be all right yeah, yeah. oh food let's end on this oh yeah oh, okay. what is your favorite food we do a lot of taco bell we, we yeah. have yeah, tacos practices. brought up a lot yeah our favorite well 
our bar where we go to for most of our meetings is in the north side called Riggs, and they allow you to bring in your own Taco Bell. I know where Riggs is. Yeah, so we spend a lot of time eating Taco Bell and Riggs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sign us to your label. That's awesome. I, I My first job ever was at Taco Bell. Really? That's a great no first way. job. And I, I, I saved up my first three paychecks to buy my first beat machine. That's Aww. awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, have a, I have a soft spot in my heart for Taco Bell. But I'm imagining that you're going to the North Side Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a hard time at that Taco Bell? <laughs> I've had some Bell. of the most insane experiences in my life inside that Taco oh, Bell. Yeah. yeah. It is off the rails in there. It's rowdy. I feel like it's they don't have management. Lawless. There's no. Yeah. Have you ever been to the drive through past like midnight or yeah. one mm-hmm. where it's just cash only? Yeah. They stay open past two, but it's cash only pa- from 2 a.m. till question mark yeah because sometimes the employees close at four five six like there's no limit uh, i hope we're not ratting them out right now i know i know no. if you're a cop turn this off we're making this up this it's is a joke <laughs> that taco bell is psychotic oh yeah i love I, it I, I remember i went in there one time and there was like a line building up and like the manager was taking out the trash so instead of finishing what he was doing he just like threw the bag on the ground to go around and start ringing out people, but the bag wasn't tied, so it like fell on the ground. The trash went everywhere, and he was just like, "eh." <laughs> He's got stuff to do. He's busy. He is busy. underpaid and understaffed. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to get the people his tacos. I, said, I, I respect. I've had. I haven't gone to that Taco Bell in a while. I'm mm-hmm. close enough to the McKnight Road one that oh, that's yeah, the one that okay. I'll go to if I want some Taco Bell. That makes but sense. But I pass the because I work in the North Side, so mm-hmm. I I'm close to the Taco Bell one all the time. That's and like I, I miss going there for lunch, but I just can't do it anymore. It's yeah. a, it's a rare <laughs> treat, I guess. Mm-hmm. We do it sparingly for yeah for meetings and stuff. Yeah, business business meetings <laughs> only. Cool, serious business. Well, that's it. I think that's enough. We've talked about Taco Bells. We've talked about, <laughs> uh, you know, panned percussion. Mm-hmm. We've we talked it. about social media. We've talked. We, we've really. We Australia I mean, Day. Austra- that wasn't on. Oh, that was off the record. That was Australia off the record. Day. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's you know. Oh, we are anti-Australia Day. <laughs> we are pro-Australia, anti-Australia Day. <laughs> Indigenous, Indigenous people's say. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe some of those giant bugs <laughs> down there pond. will like take <laughs> over. Pond, yeah. are you listening? That'd be tight. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever wish sometimes that like dinosaurs didn't go extinct and think about what the world would be like? I mean, we probably <laughs> wouldn't have synthesizers, but like True. I don't know, it would be interesting. I mean, I my favorite book as a child was Dinotopia, and so I think I ima- I imagined a world with dinosaurs a lot <laughs> if you've never read it i recommend it. <laughs> it's people living harmoniously among it's an island where dinosaurs did not go extinct and people living harmoniously among the dinosaurs i wonder really if like, we would have like looked up to dinosaurs <laughs> as like deities yeah i think they they were like i mean friends. i wouldn't fuck with them in the book they were friends they also like helped you get in your house ha- like your tree house they would like lift you up uh-huh. in the Aww. book so yeah I, I would imagine brontosaurus is being like real gentle and cute yeah they would like let kids slide down their neck like a water slide into the lake Aww, and I that even, sounds lit you should read the book and i, <laughs> I don't read. bet that t-rexes probably aren't as mean as they were you know, Definitely they're just not. hungry. I think, I think, yeah, they just, you know, they just, you just need some empathy with the T Rex. <laughs> a Velociraptor, though, no empathy. Those, they're, those are probably soulless yeah. creatures. Those aren't real, right? Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Weren't they made up for Jurassic? I feel like I read that somewhere. There was one dinosaur in think, Jurassic Park that is not real. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, no. I, I think, don't think it's Velociraptor. Oh, was it the Our one that... Velociraptors were real small, I think. I can't remember. <laughs> but I think... The one... No. The one, the one with the thing that... The, the peacock thing and spit well, the stuff out on the guy that from Seinfeld. Real. That guy was real. Yeah, that guy was real. Newman. Newman. That was a great movie. I, I also love Jurassic Park. <laughs> da, 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 da. What a bad idea, though. Mm-hmm. Like, how did none of them uh, see that coming? Yes, some of them did. Jeff Goldblum, definitely. <sighs> DNA. Yeah. That's Anyways. it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Now that we squeezed in a small movie segment and book segment, <laughs> we have really covered it all. Thank you both for coming over. Thank and, you for uh, having us. February 8th. Keep an eye out for that music video yeah. on the internet. All right. And that's it. We are donezo. Thanks. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Really liked getting to know Chelsea and Marie a little bit. Talk to them about their album. Uh, If you haven't already, like, gone and listened to this, I highly recommend it. It's a very, 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 very nice listen. And uh, I... I've already expressed my my feelings about it in the episode, so you know that I really like it. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting to see them play some shows whenever they're doing that. And I think that things are gonna. I think I think they're gonna do pretty well. I think they have a nice a nice product on their hands, and they are two very nice people. And uh, wish them nothing but the best. So yeah, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Yeah.